Iowa City is fortunate to have a local musician that is passionate for music and creativity. Greg Thompson shares his musical journey next on OTP. And hello, Greg. How are you doing today? Very good. Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to have you on the podium today. And we're really uh, happy that you could make it. I'm really interested to talk to you. And so let's start at the beginning. You told me, first of all, you started playing trombone first. I think you mentioned in fourth grade. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think they picked me to play trombone because I was tall and I had <laughs> long enough arms to to reach all the positions that you need to reach. That's how I got started. And it, it was a good choice. The trombone uh, range matches my voice. It's a baritone. So right. it's worked out well for me. Getting an instrument with a slide, I think, helped uh, develop my ear for staying in tune because with the trombone, of course, it's always a matter of uh, listening. Right, right, yeah. yes. And how long did you play the trombone for? I played trombone all through junior high and high school. It was probably the main thing I did in high school. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it seemed like I was fairly good at it. And we had a wonderful instructor and he we had a jazz band we had a dixieland band of course marching band concert band pep band right <laughs> all those things we even played music for the miss marion county pageant in 1971 <laughs> that's great that's great and where was this at greg knoxville iowa just okay. uh, South Central Iowa, a little town of about 9,000. And we were fortunate to have a great instructor, Dan Peterson was his name, right. and uh, he had a huge influence on my life. He taught us how to improvise, or at least the theory behind improvising. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So did, did that... Um... That influence at a, such an early age set a foundation for you as you moved into the different other type of music that you got into in your adult life? Sure, absolutely. Those basic things like uh, rhythm, being able to read music, understand right. a little bit of music theory was crucial, I think, for me as well. The piano was also a big uh, help. To be able to look at a keyboard and actually see all the notes was a great revelation to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So yeah. now you went from uh, high school. Tell us where your journey took you from there. And then you left the trombone. I have a lot of friends of mine here in Albuquerque that love and play trombone and they got to be sorry to hear you that you left trombone. Talk about that a little bit. Well, that's a really one of my few regrets in life. Um, when I went to college in the 70s, um, being in a marching band wasn't a very cool thing. And now that I look back on it, I really, I really wish I'd done that. 
Um, I've seen the band, the band members go through on uh, homecoming day and they're all having a great time playing in heaven. There is no beer and the Iowa fight songs, <laughs> all these things. But when I went to college, fortunately there were several grand pianos in the dormitories and I learned to play piano at home on the family piano. And so my first two years of college here at University of Iowa, I would go down and kept up my chops on the piano pretty well. But then in my junior year, I moved off campus and there weren't any pianos. So guitar <laughs> just became the instrument of convenience. It was portable. And I had a roommate that played 12 string who was oh. a tenor. So our voices blended very well. And he, he taught me a lot in my early days of guitar playing. So, okay, now I'm getting the picture of your transition, so to speak, that uh, your, your roommate, your friend there sort of made that connection with you. You picked up the guitar. Then I want to ask you about the music that you, you gravitated toward. Now, wait a minute. I need to back up for a minute. We, the, the music that you talked about in high school, you, um, you played improvisation, you were playing jazz, and, and, and um, tell us about the music you were playing there first. We were fortunate. Our instructor, I don't know how he did it, but he was able to get <laughs> charts from the, Do from the Doc Severinsen Tonight Show Band Oh and my so goodness. we were playing some really, yeah, we were playing some really hip stuff and it was, it was swinging and we could sometimes hear the same song being played on the tonight show if we were able to stay up that late. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was entranced by the idea of imp improvising and right. uh, he was willing to teach us that. That's great. So now when you transitioned over to um, guitar, that really helped out, I would imagine, because, you know, of course, there's a lot of improv improvisation with the guitar. Um, so do, do you think that gave you a lot of foundation and freedom to utilize on the guitar? Yeah, you know, that early education in music is so critical. Um, mm. I play with some friends of mine who took up music as adults and they'd missed out on that elementary school music education and yeah. it's so much harder for them to progress and learning music is sort of like learning a language i think when you're young you have right. this special ability to just so soak it up <laughs> and so definitely one of my friends said gosh you know i wish i'd really had that early education in music and right. i want to say well it's not too late you can still go back and get some of those basics. Right. I didn't take formal guitar lessons till I was 50 years old. <laughs> and I decided I needed to up my game. So I found myself sitting on the bench with the 14 and 15 year old <laughs> boys who are learning to play electric guitar, <laughs> a humbling experience. Yeah. But, but it was uh, good, it good for them to my, see you. Yeah. And it, it improved my technique a great deal. Right, right. Yeah. So now you make this transition, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, to 
the the music and genre that you really enjoy and went into. Tell us about that and what type of music you're playing now. You know, I guess I could point to a couple artists. Uh, John Prine was a big influence for me. Mm-hmm. And I, also, I ended up playing a lot of Grateful Dead songs. I don't play electric lead guitar, right. but I enjoy the songs. We played a lot of Jackson Brown back in the day. We were fascinated with Commander Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen, oh, some of our okay. early heroes. And uh, I've always been especially interested in the singer-songwriters. I kind of leaned that direction when I started playing guitar mm-hmm. because I felt like I maybe didn't have the golden throat and I didn't have a beautiful voice and I wasn't a, a extremely accomplished instrumentalist, but I found that I could write songs that there people really responded to. And that was, that has been my greatest joy. I think in music was creating, creating songs and having people, uh, you know, really appreciate them. Wow. Now, you know, this is almost like we rehearsed it, uh, this interview, <laughs> because um, <laughs> you, just, you just got me into that direction. You know, the whole purpose of this kind of uh, this podcast and the, these conversations is to talk about the love of music, all types of music. And I call it the food for the soul and humanity. And um You've taken your music. What, what, um, how would you describe the music that you're playing? I've often settled on the term insurgent country. Ah, it's I like radical. <laughs> a lot of our, a lot of our songs, we use the traditional instruments of bluegrass, but in a different way. A lot of my songs are about people. I found that. In songwriting, if you take the real life elements of a person's life and put them into the into a song, it brings the song to life, enables people to get a vision in their head of the person that you're that you're writing about. Right. So, I have several songs. I wrote a song about my dad. I wrote a song about my boss at work. They're not all <laughs> flattering songs. <laughs> I was going to so ask you about you have that. To be, yeah. Well, that song is called Oh Bigot. So that gives you an idea what that what that's about. After, and, uh, one of my favorite songs I wrote about our, our, our banjo player in uh, Harmony Holler. It's called A Banjo Totem Man. It's one of my favorite songs. There you go. I, after the... Dear Friend. Uh, off microphone, you'll have to give me a link for that other song there. So I <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I wanted, before we listen to a, a clip of one of your songs, I, I wrote a little note here. Um, when my mom passed away, I knew I was going to cry and be emotional. I'm originally from Boston and we flew up to Massachusetts for her memorial. So anyway, I wrote a song on my sax and um, I wanted to play it on my horn because I'm not a very good singer, but 
going back to the feelings, trying to make that connection of your music and um, to the people. And, it, and when I saw your clip, it really s- seems like you are very successful in doing that. And even though what I love about the music is that we have all these different flavors of music and people will navigate to the genre and the type of music that is being uh, given to them. So I love the way your audience responds. Um, Talk a little bit more before we get into the clip about that connection that you try to make to the people with your creativity. Well, I try to sing about uh, things that are common to everybody's life, like uh, food. (laughs) I have a lot of food songs. Yeah. uh, Of course, love songs and uh, satirical, satirical political songs. Um, yeah, have been a big staple of mine. Mm-hmm. I've learned that it's best if you're going to do uh, political content, don't tie it to a politician's name because when they die or get out of office, your song will be obsolete. <laughs> so yeah, try go. to go for go for a more universal approach. <laughs> right, right. Okay, well let me let yeah. me play this. Um, this song you gave us here, and then I'll, I'll bring the volume down a little bit, and you can narrate over it. Tell us a little bit about that. That's a song that I would say is written in the style of mountain music with a very rapid tempo, uh, three chords and a cloud of dust. That particular (laughs) song is is about whiskey. And it seems like uh, alcohol is a common theme in mountain music. (laughs) I love it. And so I've been influenced by different uh, schools of thought about 15 years ago, I went to a songwriter's workshop and we concentrated on the Nashville formula of uh, popular music. And I, I, I tried that for a while, found that it wasn't really my style. Mm-hmm. And so I got more into the political songs after that. Uh, political music does not go over well commercially. Uh, unless it's <laughs> ultra pa- pa- patriotic. So, right. you know, I've, I've heard, not that I ever really had the ability to make this choice, but I've heard it say, you can be an artist or you can make money. And I guess I'm an artist because I sure <laughs> have never made any money. <laughs> I'd, I'm proud of my songs and the things that they have to say. Sure, Absolutely. You brought back a memory, um, a lesson I did in my uh, music appreciation class of the civil rights movement and how the, um, of course, the church music, but also folk music played a big role in the movement and music in general, 
played a big role in the civil rights movement as it was progressing. And, you know, you talked about, you know, the political yeah. part there. So um, uh, very fascinating there. Uh, let's get a little bit into the, uh, the culture of in Iowa and um, where you're playing there and the, your audiences that you're playing for. I feel really fortunate to live in Iowa city and here in the Midwest, we have a vibrant local music scene. I'm mm -hmm. fortunate enough to know some of the musicians. Um, we have some musicians that have gone on to national prominence, uh, Greg Brown, Catfish Keith, or just a couple I can think of off the top of my head. But mostly it's been a community of songwriters and musicians. We kind of learn each other's stuff. We can probably sit in with each other without too much trouble right. in a lot of cases. And I don't know if there's an Iowa City sound. It's pretty diverse, really. Uh -huh. But a lot of guitar players. I guess there that's the place everywhere. <laughs> now, I don't want to leave this conversation without plugging your wife. She she sings, right? Is is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah. When we met in uh, 1986, she was a lead singer in a local rock band, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I ran into her. She was wearing a mini skirt with, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, fishnet stockings, and I was smitten immediately. And I was a folk singer, and even though we both had played music all of our lives up to that point, we really didn't know a single song in common. She knew all the <laughs> rock songs, and I knew the folk songs. So we learned our first song together was when, uh, when the morning comes by Linda Ronstadt and oh, yeah. um, um, can't think of his name right now, but anyway, and after that, we went on to learn many, many songs. We went through an extensive period of learning Nancy Griffith's songs. Oh yeah. Yeah. And different different songwriters, we went through different phases, and we started making up our own. <laughs> we played together. We had, uh, for a time, we had a, a rock band called Cuba River, and we sang kind of Dan Hicks-style songs with I Would Sing the Lead, and I had uh, Gene and our friend Mary would play the, the female backup parts. Okay. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. I can... Um, Having fun is what it's all about. Th that is a common thread through all of these podcasts is the, that's what uh, music brings to your our lives. And, you know, my son plays sax. And to have a family member that you can play along and, and have music in common is... Uh, just a blessing and like cement with your marriage, I would imagine. Absolutely. It's given us a really strong common bond. Sure. Yes. It's something we treasure. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Yeah. Proud of it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, now you mentioned this earlier about you had some friends that um uh, didn't have music earlier in their education in their life. And uh we have a a, a number of uh, our audience members that are in a similar situation. Talk to the audience about, you know, the benefits of why, you know, I should, why should I pick up an instrument or get involved in music at a later time in my life? Well, if you're still alive, <laughs> it's not too late. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, my wife recently went, underwent uh, a brain surgery and in the rehabilitation process, they really stressed the role of music because they say music uses every part of the brain and it's great therapy right. for recovering from the type of, uh, you know, problem she had. Right. And I think, I think music is essential to my well-being. Yes. And I kind of worry about people that, that don't have it. I think, yes. you know. I'm glad Preach to be able it. to provide provide some. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be able to provide some for them, and encourage them to uh, you know pick up a drum or beat on it. Nothing right. else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we we talked about just listening, tapping a foot, dancing, moving, um, whatever you can do. Uh, get involved with the music. Yeah. One of my peak musical experiences, of course, since I'm a deadhead, was at the Grateful Dead concert uh, where I, my everybody was dancing and I asked, my friend asked me to write the song names on a piece of paper. And so for a few brief seconds, I had to be entirely still. And it, it was amazing to observe the maelstrom around me <laughs> everybody just swaying to the music it was unbelievable right. unbelievable yeah. yeah that's what does it now did you have uh siblings or your folks uh were musicians no um i had a, a great uncle who played guitar um i think where i picked up most of my music was from the car radio when i was a kid we traveled around the Midwest a lot, and that's where I got my music, early music education. Plus, fortunately, my dad was a Chet Atkins fan, and so we had Chet Atkins records in the house. And right. I think maybe that inspired me to play the guitar also. Ah, there you He's go. so good. There you go. Yeah. Well, look, man, I can see and I hear the passion of music in your in your soul, in your DNA, and in your life. And uh, I want to first thank you for, uh, you know, coming on the, uh, the podium today. We had a mutual friend connection, Kathy D., who was on a previous episode that got us in touch with each other. And... Uh, I owe her, owe her a, a big thank you and cup of coffee for, for getting us together and yeah, you sharing your journey with us. And um, thank you so much for taking the time. We're glad that your wife is 
recovering and still playing music. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an interesting conversation. Absolutely. And uh, we'll take this time, you know, um, is there a place where uh, our listeners can listen to more of your music on YouTube or outside of Iowa <laughs> to uh, listen to your music? Uh, if you go on YouTube and Google, uh, or not Google, search for Harmony Holler, H-O-L-L-E-R. There's one of our performances uh, on the on YouTube there. You can go through it. Okay, great. It's got great. the song that you played. Uh, yep. Sounds great. good. All right. Well, Greg, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And we want to thank our listeners so much for uh, listening to the podcast and downloading it. You can find uh, On the Podium, OTP, um, uh, on Spotify, iTunes, or any of your favorite uh, platforms. And we want to make sure that you go out there and continue to play all the right notes. You've been listening to The Podium. If you would like to be a guest on The Podium, email the show at onthepodium2 at gmail.com. That's O-N-T-H-E P-O-D-I-U-M-T-O-O at gmail.com.